As some of you will know, in a previous existence, one of my roles was to be advisor to students on careers. I'd often tell them that the world of work was changing and no longer could they have a job for life. Rich coming from me, a teacher with a job for life. Yet when I look back on my working life, it has been one of change with many different roles, but mostly within the same sector. Yet when I look at my daughters, I see how their careers have changed quite dramatically over the years. But I have also seen in the last few months how the careers of those in the early in their early twenties have been impacted by the pandemic. My grandson's very promising career has been stopped dead in its tracks as there has been no work in his sector and he is instead delivering pizzas. The world of employment is changing fast and leaving some without work or needing to change plans. Let's see what the Bible has to tell us about work. Well, right at the start of the Bible, we see a description of God at work, the work of creation. Being God, he could choose to work or not. God worked for the sheer joy of it. God created people in his own image. And part of that image is the image of a worker. And that gives work a divine dignity. Work is something that God does. And God created us to work. Work is part of what it means to be human. A whole range of occupations are mentioned in the Bible. Think of all those skilled workers who built the temple in Jerusalem. Many of the Old Testament times would have been farmers of some sort, such as Abraham, Moses when he fled to Midian, and David the shepherd boy. There were also civil servants such as Daniel and Joseph, merchants like Lydia the dealer in purple cloth, Luke was a doctor, and Barnabas a landowner. Paul, Priscilla and Aquila were tent makers or leather workers. All the disciples had a whole range of occupations in their background, from fishermen to tax collectors. Then, of course, there was Jesus, who was possibly a carpenter, although I don't think we're told that. At least Joseph was a carpenter. The Bible gives us a picture of a God who was a worker, as were his people. They worked because God worked. In his book, Every Good Endeavour, Tim Keller tells of work is as sorry, Tim Keller says work is as much a basic human need as food, beauty, rest, friendship, prayer, and loving relationships. It is food for our soul. Without meaningful work, we sense significant inner loss and emptiness. He goes on to say that people who are cut off from work because of physical or other reasons quickly discover how much they need work to thrive emotionally, physically and spiritually. During this pandemic, we have seen people furloughed, others made redundant, and some have had their jobs completely disappear. Just as a result, there has been a knock-on effect to family finances, as well as the good things about work, self-worth, purpose, sense of usefulness, pleasure, and dignity. Certain industries have been hit harder than others. 73% of workers in the accommodation food service sector have been furloughed and 70% in the arts and entertainment and recreation sector. Those on low wages have been hit hardest, 
including those who, for administrative reasons, have been able to tick all the boxes to get government help. Fortunately, there have been other sources of funding and help, including our own Church Family Support Fund. I've also been amazed and challenged by the overflowing trolleys on Trolley Tuesday, with goods for, for the local food bank and community store. But is there more we can do as a Christian community? In preparation for tonight, I was watching a video clip of a discussion about the help we can give to those who are unemployed. One suggestion is the need to put on something on Monday mornings to get people out of bed, those who'd lost their jobs in particular, to get them up and go out to do something. Meeting others in similar situations and to begin to network. I believe we used to do that in our church some time ago in another time of unemployment. Those times of unemployment can become learning experiences and an opportunity to rethink priorities. This was true for some of the characters in the Old Testament. Because of famine in the land, Jacob and his family travelled to Egypt, which eventually opened a whole new career for Joseph after his brothers dumped him. Similarly, Daniel found in exile that his skills were required in a new place. While Moses went from being an outcast the leader of his people. The early church soon realised that they needed to care for those who were in difficulties of some sort and make provision for those in need through selecting deacons like Stephen. We need to continue to do the same. This whole thing about unemployment and change reminds me of the covenant prayer we say at the start of each new year. I'm sure you can recall it. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. In the Christian world, there has been a tendency to give certain jobs and professions a higher spiritual value. In our prayers in church, for instance, we will often pray for those in the caring professions and in education, which is right, as well as for those who work in church, either paid or as volunteers, and that's right too. But how often do we pray for the accountant who may also run a house group, a scientist who is looking at ways to keep us safe, the driving instructor who is helping people gain a new skill, and so on. Work can be seen as service. It is a way where we can work with God and serve others in the community. In God's economy, there is no hierarchy. We are here to serve God and his people in the most appropriate way, given our circumstances and God-given abilities. In his letter to the Thessalonians, Paul extolled the virtues of hard work. He pointed out that he hadn't been a burden to them, because he had paid his way by working. He also urged the Christian community to earn money to support their families. We also use what we earn to support our families and give to individuals and organisations who are working on our behalf or who have answered the call to go and serve. Many years ago when Margot and I ran a group in church called Twenties, for those in the 18 to 25 age bracket, and some of you will remember that, I'm sure. There was one evening when one of the group 
who had been working with refugees in the Far East, came back to describe her adventures. During the evening, in a light-hearted way, she challenged one of the others in the group to be more adventurous and follow her example. Later, it was pointed out to her that the guy in question wasn't the adventurous type, but he was holding down a steady job, as a result of which he could and did support her financially, as well as being a key member of the music group. It was a good learning experience for all of us. In the reading from, the, from Paul, Paul was pleading with the church members not to be idle, but to get to work. Some of them had stopped working because they thought the second coming was coming any moment. And they became gossips. For some of us, work in the official sense may have ceased as we have retired. But most of us who have retired no doubt would say we are now busier than ever. Whether paid or unpaid, work is good for us. It has been ordained by God and gives us purpose in life as well as many other benefits. As we come out of this pandemic, the world of work will have changed. But we have seen that God, who has been there in the past when things changed, will be there in the future. He needs to, we need to keep in step with him and follow where he leads. Our work is our worship to God, as well as our service to others. Let's cherish it. Remember the question I asked at the beginning. When you were in your mid-teens, did you have a definite career plan? And what was it based upon? And now my final question is, did your teenage dream job turn out in reality? If not, why not? Over to you.